Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 18-yard line of Oregon. Dogs down by four. Snap. Penix to throw. Goes for the end zone. Off the left sideline. Robotoce! Touchdown, Washington! Camden Lewis from the middle of the field will try a 42-yarder. Good snap. Good hold. Kick is on the way. Kick is up. End over end kick. He's good! He missed it! He missed it wide right! He missed it got a team full of dogs man just guys that's gonna compete all the way to the end you know and that, that's what it was all about production the talent all that i mean that's one thing you know the heart that he's got and the guts he's got and the, you know the willingness to just grind through it grit hey, there's not enough words to describe you know how i feel about him they know that every time he takes the field he's gonna bring that big penis energy he's gonna bring that big penis energy he's gonna bring that big penis energy and welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got Harry Douglas over there, Freddie Coleman over here, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN radio. There's no doubt there are a lot of terrific candidates for the Heisman Trophy. But this quarterback that has been so terrific the last couple of seasons has maybe had the hardest road, not one but two ACL injuries. And now Michael Penix Jr. has taken that stage for Washington after having that out-of-sight victory over Oregon. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry. Hit him on Twitter at the Mike Penix. Mike, the best part for me after you won that game, you go into the stands and you're hugging your mom and two other relatives, and it seemed like you three, you four, did not want to let each other go. What was going through your mind after having that win and having that moment with your mom and the rest of your family? Yeah, man, it was, it was an amazing moment, and it was just an amazing day all around. You know, the the way that Husky Nation showed out and came out to support it, and you know, it was just an amazing environment. But yeah, like you said, at the end of the end of the game, that was my my mom, my grandmother, and my grandmother's sister, my aunt. You know, and um, I feel like that that long hug was just because you know I just understand like all the things that you know I've been through to get to the point I am today. You know, in my life, and I'm just truly blessed and you know just super excited for for my future and and what god has planned for me and mike i'll be honest with you man i work with college game day i do the pre-show countdown to college game day so i was there feeling the energy at the university of washington i was at the game on the field i watched every single touchdown pass that you threw and i want to talk about your accuracy man where does it come from? Because all of the deep balls and all of the balls that you throw on the football field to your phenomenal wide receivers, they don't have to do much because they're pinpoint, they're spot on, and they're right in the bread basket. So what do you contribute your accuracy to? Man, it's just a grind. It's the day-to-day work that we put in behind the scenes that, that not everybody sees, you know, and practice and, you know, all throughout the summer and off season. You know, I feel like we built that chemistry, built that bond with each other to where we – we know where we, we want to be on the field. And when it, when we go out there understanding the play calls and, you know, being the second year in the system, you know, everybody's just clicking at a much, much higher pace right now. And, 
you know, it, it just comes from repetition, man. All the uh, RVAs that we have with each other each and every day. So it, it happens every day. Now, you talked about that chemistry with your teammates, especially your wide receivers. There was a moment in this ball game in the fourth quarter late, 33-29. to 29. Mm-hmm. You're on the sideline with your, with your teammate that didn't play wide receiver, Jalen McMillan, and it looks like you're freestyling a little bit, Mike. It looks like you're freestyling a little bit. Take us through that moment because you knew at that point that you were going to get the football back, but you're basically speaking things into existence. Tell us a little bit about that moment. Yeah, um, man, I'm not going to lie. That's just my personality. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, you know, I, I wasn't worried about too much because I, I knew that I was freestyling about the defense <laughs> about to get it off the field and, you know, we was going get to the, get the ball back and score and win the game. You know, but it, it just comes from confidence in my, in my preparation and my day-to-day work, you know, the things that, you know, led up to that moment. So it, it was no doubt in my mind that we were going to come out with that win. And, you know, I, I was just having fun. That was just me on the sideline. And, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, any moment try to take me out of out of who I am because, you know, I, like I said, I understand who I am. And I know that, you know, um, God blessed me with the ability to make, make those plays. And I knew that I was going to be blessed that day. So. Great stuff by Michael Penix, Jr. Washington, the leading quarterback, leading Heisman Trophy candidate right now, in our opinion, on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. What went through your mind when Oregon goes for it on fourth and two and they don't get it and they give you the ball? At midfield, because I know for Michael Penix, you know what I'm saying? Boy, Dan Lanning must be out of his mind to give me the ball and these wide receivers on a short field on my home field. Yeah, um, like I, whenever we got out there in the huddle, you know, I just told the guys, you know, it, it's, our, it's our chance, you know, to go go take it. And we, we knew we had to make it happen. And each and every player on that sideline, you know, trusted in, you know, each other to, to go out and make that play. So on the sideline, whenever the defense was still out there on the field, it's, we're just walking up the sideline, just telling everybody, like, stay ready. We're going to get the ball back. Just stay ready. Just stay ready and just um, be ready for that opportunity and be ready for that moment. And, and the guys were. So that's what it was about. Mike, I want to take you through another moment because I was right down in the, in the end zone when you guys, when you guys' previous possession, right, when you had first and goal at, like, the one or two-yard line. And you guys yeah. go for plays and you don't get it. What's that feeling like when you don't get it and then you see – Oregon connect on a third and long and get that 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 nice play to their phenomenal wide receiver Tor Franklin. What's going through your mind at that moment when things aren't the best, right? The glitz and glamour aren't happening. The phenomenal things uh, didn't transpire for you guys as an offense, but things negative went on. What what, what was your thinking there? Yeah, man, I, I believe that was around the time I was freestyling, but um, <laughs> man. Like, it, it was a lot. It was a lot going through my head, but it was all positive things because I knew that, you know, if there's opportunity, it was a way in. You know, I knew that the defense was uh, going to give us that opportunity back, and that that's what was, the talk was. But initially, you know, not not being able to get in on, on first first and two on the two-yard line, you know, going four plays and not being able to get in, you know, it's frustrating, you know, um, because I, I know the talent that we have and, you know, the attention to detail that we have to be able to make those plays look easy. And for us not to get in there, you know, it, it, was, it was like, dang, like it's not something that we expected. But at the same time, you still have to keep that same mindset that we, we're going to get another chance. We're going to get another opportunity. So whenever that opportunity presents itself, we got to be ready for that moment. And right. the guys were, you know, the whole team was. Michael Penix, Jr., quarterback of Washington, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I mentioned at the top of this interview, interview before we got started, 
that you've gone not through one but two ACL injuries. What kept you going to get you to where you are now with Washington football? And for sure, I would say the love of the game and, you know, just the support that I have around me and understanding that, you know, if, if, as long as I had a had two legs and I and they could they could work, you know, <laughs> I was going to continue to keep playing. You know, there was nothing going to take me out of, you know, what I truly love and um, what I feel like I was brought here to do. And, you know, I just being able to have people around me supporting me each and every day, you know, all the whole step of the way, you know, just keeping me positive in my mindset and stuff like that, you know, it allowed me to keep going. And, you know, I know that I'm doing it for more than just myself, you know, it's bigger than me. You know, I always talk about my little brothers and uh, they're the two that I do it for, for the most. And, you know, I, I couldn't let them see me down. My brother, one thing I could relate to is that ACL injury, right? I had mine in 2009, and I tore four different things in my knee and had a bone fra- – three different things that had a bone fracture. So I understand what that grind is, what that motivation has to be, what that attention to detail has to be, and, have, and how everything in your mind has to shift. So I commend you Amen. for going through it twice and being able to overcome And Right now, my man, you're on top of the world. Not only that you're on top of the world – you're humble as hell. And I think that's so refreshing to be able to see because after your game, you're sitting there with Holly Rowe and the first person that you 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 talk about is is God, the good man upstairs, and you're giving him all the praise. So I commend you on that. And that also leads me to this, you know, the things that you're doing off the field. You're, I, I understand that you're partnered with Mary's Place, a nonprofit organization that serves um, – Houses to homeless kids and families for each home game for the 2023 season. You provide four game tickets, shirts, and food vouchers for those kids and staff who chaperone the game visits. Talk about that a little bit and why that means so much to your heart. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, you you pinpointed it right. You know what the whole thing was. You know, just being able to give back. You know, for me, it's something big. You know, because. You know, I I had people that was able to give back to me, you know, if it was just even just knowledge, you know, it's just being able to help somebody in any type of way possible, you know, I, I'm all in for. It. And, you know, so that's what made me choose to, to do the thing with Mary's Place, you know, because, you know, they're, they're people that help help homeless families, um, you know, have shelter and somewhere to, to live and eat. And they, they provide for them um, in, in a special way. And whenever I went up there for my first time, uh, last year over the summer for um, some volunteer work, you know, I, I saw the way that they were running things and, you know, it was a, an amazing setup and it was amazing to see, you know, people doing these special things for for other people. And I wanted to be a part of it in any way that I could. So, you know, that's what led me to that. And being able to get them uh, game tickets and vouchers and stuff like that, you know, just allowing them to be able to, to see, you know, the, the outside, you know, the, the world that, that they might not, they might not have, couldn't have had based on their situation, you know. But um, just allowing them to to have that that uplifting from from me, and just me sh- showing my support to them, and allowing them to come out to these great environments, you know, playing in the greatest setting of college football, and um, you know, seeing seeing wonderful football games and the Huskies winning, of course, you know, is <laughs> is definitely a special thing for me. If you get a chance, check out a video on RunFreely.org in which. He did a cool thing for veterans by throwing ball to donators, and it helped several vets get leg devices. Check out that video 
on runfreely.org. The guy we're talking about, the man we're talking about, the great young man we're talking about is Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback of Washington. Great victory on Saturday. He's vaulted himself to the leader of the top of the board when it comes to Heisman Trophy. Also, great follow on Twitter, the Mike Penix. He joined us here on Freddie and Harry. Michael, keep on keeping on, my friend. Take care. Be well. And God bless, and thanks so much. All right. Thank you. God bless. People like that, you rally around because the story in the field is yep. one thing. You try to get past everything that he had to get through, the torn ACL surgeries he went through not once but twice at the University of Indiana. And he even wondered if he was ever going to be back on a football field, much less doing whatever. Here he is doing this on a stage like that on Saturday because for a lot of people, Harry, that was the first time they had a chance to see him and to see him like that on that stage against a heated rival and making those plays down the stretch. Plenty of people outside of Oregon, of course, can ride around a guy like Michael Penix Jr., quarterback of Washington. And I'll say part of the reason why a lot of people haven't seen him is because he's on the West Coast, right? And Absolutely. most of the games are late at night when people are sleeping. So in primetime TV, which was 12.30 p.m., uh, uh, Pacific time is 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of people are honing in on college football, and they got to watch a show. The game was unbelievable. And, man, me and Desmond Howard at halftime, we're going up in the elevator. We're going to get some food, and we're talking about his accuracy, right? Mm-hmm. And Desmond Howard is a guy who's won a Heisman Trophy. He's won a Super Bowl, played in the National Football League. I played 10 years as wide receiver in the National Football League. And when I mean his accuracy – it's unbelievable, and it translates to the NFL game because you got to have a quarterback that's able to be accurate from the pocket. Right. And a lot of people compare him to Tua. Now, he's a lot bigger than Tua. He's about 6'3", about 215, a lot bigger than Tua. But here's the part that I do agree when it comes to Tua, the accuracy and being able to put the ball. Tua does a great job with those Miami wide receivers and mm-hmm. allowing them to get yards after the catch because he's so accurate. But Michael Penix Jr., his accuracy, I believe, is at another level because right. his deep balls are so unbelievable. And, Freddie, I was in each end zone right? besides one. It was one end zone where he didn't throw a touchdown pass. The other three, <laughs> I was right there in them to see all of them and right. see his receivers don't have to do much. And that belief that he has in them and he, they have in him is, is, is it's remarkable. But the young man is going to play on Sundays. And in my eyes, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. And if you don't take him, he's going to make you pay for it. Yeah, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio because we know that the two guys going in the first two picks in the draft when it comes to quarterback is going to be Caleb Williams of USC and Drake May of North Carolina. They're going to go one and two no matter what that order is or who selects them. Kale is going first, and also Drake is going second. But Michael Penix, he's been able to make a name for himself. Well, you got to think about him in the first round. And going back to Caleb Williams, I know three interceptions against Notre Dame, first loss of the season. To me, he was guilty of doing something that I don't think you'll say about Michael Penix Jr. the rest of the season. Caleb Williams is trying to do too much. And you could clearly yep. see it in that game versus Notre Dame. You can get away with that against teams that don't have the athleticism on the outside or the physicality on the inside that Notre Dame has. He was able to do that against Pac-12 opponents, whether it's Colorado, Arizona State, barely against Arizona. They run a similar kind of scheme that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish do on defense. Michael Penix Jr. trusted the system. Not saying Caleb Williams didn't trust it, but I thought at times he tried to be too much of a superhero, put himself and his team in bad positions, and then you look up and you're down 21-3 to on the road. And even no matter how great you are, that's going to be very difficult to overcome unless the team comes back to you. And Notre Dame's defense did not do that on Saturday. And, and that's the challenge sometimes when, when you're a phenomenal player like Caleb Williams is because he can do 
the extra a lot of times and get away with it. But when you're playing a team like Notre Dame, who, in my opinion, was fighting for their season they not were. to get their third loss, and you see the physicality on the East Coast um, up north type football versus the in the 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 non physicality so much on mm-hmm. the in the Pac twelve right? right that really showed up. Um, I thought Notre Dame had a great plan against him, and there were times where I just thought Caleb Williams should have just threw the football away, let the play another down, punt the football away, and don't give Notre Dame short fields. Notre Dame and that defense created five turnovers, mm-hmm. and they were able to sack Caleb Williams over and over and over again. And it, it's a learning experience for him. We all have those moments where we can learn from. Hopefully, moving forward, he'll be able to learn from this and understand when you get to the next level, there are times that, you know what, okay, let me take this sack or let me throw this football away or just dirt it, eat it, throw it in the ground. It's not there and let the play another down. You mentioned moving forward, and I can't wait to see how Georgia does that without, for my money, maybe pound for pound the best player in college football when it comes to the tight end Brock Bowers. He's going to be a top 10 pick at worst in the NFL next year. He's having surgery, and for those who don't know, the recovery from this procedure, it's what they call a ribbon band surgery when it comes to his ankle, having that high ankle sprain. He's going to be out four to six weeks. That's a recovery time. Tua Tungavailoa went through the same kind of surgery on his hip, and he was out for the majority of the season. People wonder if he's going to come back from that. Going forward, not having that guy who was unguardable. He may have been the one guy in college football that was unguardable at his position more than anybody else. Now you got to try to figure out a way, even though you still have talent, but you don't have that kind of super worldly talent that Brock Browse possessed with Georgia football, especially in college football in 2023. Well, that's a tough loss because we're talking about one of the best players in college football, a guy that I thought uh, could easily be up for the Heisman. And you look a few weeks ago when Georgia was facing Auburn, uh, it was Brock Bowers, the reason why they didn't get their first loss on the season, had four catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown yeah. uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter. Right, So he is that dude. Now, when you look at the quarterback in Carson Beck, he's going to have to step up more. Mm-hmm. And I think he's starting to find his way finally within Absolutely. this offensive system. Other guys, Oscar Delp, the backup tight end, who was a highly recruited guy, he's going to have to be phenomenal now. Now the pressure is on you. You've got to step up and make those plays, those receivers, also the offensive line and the run game. And when y'all look at that defense, that defense has to realize, okay, we don't have our best player mm-hmm. on our football team as a whole. We have to make sure we don't give the opposing team in the, uh, any leeway to allow you know us to possibly be beaten. Yeah. So now it's it's, yeah. it's going to be tougher because it is one of the best players in college football, but they should be able to ov- overcome it. Yeah, they should with their talent base. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Kirby Smart, he's going to rally that team around and say, "Hey, you guys are four and five star guys. We lost a top of the prime ladder guy, but that doesn't mean that we should just retreat into the shadow into the shadows." And they've had their struggles. They were lucky to survive versus Auburn in a game on the road down to, down to Jordan-Hare Stadium. And Vanderbilt gave them a little bit early, but they were too talented for Vanderbilt. You know they're going to win that game, but it was not going to be easy. If anything, it's exponentially going to get even more and more difficult for Georgia because now you've got to overcome Brock Bowers, and it seems that everybody's throwing their best shot at you, and it's taking you a little bit, little bit to get going on both sides of the football for a team that's still number one, but I still wonder if they are right now without Brock Bowers the best team in college football. Well, I'll say what's going to help them out this week is that they have a bye week, right? They play Florida with uh, with their next game Saturday, October 28th. 
and normally, you know, the teams have a bye week before that matchup, that's going to help them be able to figure out, okay, how can we do this? We have an entire week to practice without Brock Bowers and an entire week leading up to the game. So there's two weeks yeah. where you can say, let's see what this looks like. Who are we going to be able to count on? What's our plan? And I think if you're, if you're Bobo, the offensive coordinator, you, if it's any week you would want your bye week, it would be this one. Yeah, but if you're Washington, <laughs> you did a fantastic job winning that game against Oregon, courtesy of your quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., he and Washington's win over Oregon was this good hands moment of the week. Brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. You get a little extra Freddie and Harry today because we're taking you until 730 Eastern time before game two of the NLCS, meaning the National Championship Series, as the Philadelphia Phillies will host the Arizona Diamondbacks in game two at the winning game one yesterday by a count of five to three. We take you until 730 for that first pitch that happens right around 8 o'clock Eastern time. But what is it like for an injury expert to see Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers looking that healthy that soon after suffering his Achilles injury barely a month ago, and can she keep Harry Douglas' mind together after seeing all of that and having his mind blown? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. You put us together. You get Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Aaron Rodgers, just quarterback. He's not going to be playing before the end of the year, right? Not if the injuries Achilles four plays into the season, right? On the Pat McAfee show, not saying he's saying yes, not exactly saying no. Listen, I, I believe in the power of intention. I believe in the power of your mind and, and the will, willpower. Basically, this entire time, I've kind of said this is what I'd like to do rehab-wise. Uh, Neil, you know, my doctor, Neil Atrosh, did a kind of a newer, innovative surgery. You know, I, I asked him if we could push it, if we could push it beyond the normal protocols. Cam Akers had the same surgery. He was able to come back in about five months. Uh, me and JK both had the surgery within a couple of days of each other. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what both of our prognosis is and, and our timetable. But I've, I've just wanted to do things uh, 
uh, quicker and smart, but quicker. And, and like I've said, you know, the most important thing is you just don't want to stress the Achilles. Stress, okay. Stretch, not okay. So it's just about being smart with the rehab and pushing it as much as I can and then backing off on the days that it doesn't feel great. The words of Aaron Rodgers, Jets quarterback, about his unique surgery slash rehab process when he was on the Pat McAfee show. Let's bring in an expert. She's an SOS sister of the show. She is Stefania Bell, ESPN injury analyst hit on social media at Stefania underscore ESPN, joining us on Freddie and Harry. Stefania, when you hear that from Aaron Rodgers and his matrix doctor, Neo, what are your thoughts about that? I have to say he sound, he's speaking to it very intelligently. Uh, yes, he is correct that the procedure that Dr. Elitrash uses is something that's been in place for about a decade, um, but it is more innovative than the old ways of doing Achilles repair. And uh, you know, we could get into all the details of it, but essentially it's, uh, it's a newer technique that's minimally invasive, they call it, because the incisions are smaller. Uh, and you basically create a bridge to the tendon and facilitate the healing environment. Now, the key, and Dr. Elitrosh would say this, is the rehab process. And you heard Aaron Rodgers say, stress the Achilles, but not stretch it. So what does he mean by that? Well, you, tendons require a certain amount of load to heal. But if you overload a healing tendon or a recently repaired one, you run the risk of stretching it out. And your Achilles is so dependent on elastic tension in order to be able to give you that spring, that push-off, that if you overstretch a repair too early, you can ruin it. So to bring it down to the basics, I think what Aaron Rodgers is trying to say is he's trying to push the envelope, but he understands that there, he's walking a tightrope. And if you push it too far, uh, you, you run the risk of damaging the repair. But you may be able to find ways to accelerate the healing process, especially for what it is that he does as a quarterback. He's not a jumper, not a basketball player. He's not a runner. Uh, he, he needs to be able to stand in the pocket and throw and escape a pass rush if he needs to. Stefania, I'll be honest with you. Like uh, My mind is blown by this because <laughs> I know multiple, of, uh, multiple guys who've torn their Achilles and their own scooters or whatnot, and it, it, things didn't seem to move this fast for them. So I, I want to ask you, what's the normal recovery timetable for an athlete who tore their Achilles? Well, we've seen it shift, right? Uh, it used to be that you said it was a year. You needed a full year. And then we've seen guys come back and it starts to look like, hey, maybe we can do this in eight to nine months, depending on the individual. And then you see it coming down to six months and back to return to play. And then you see Cam Akers, who Rogers referenced in that clip as a running back who came back at just over five months. Uh, and there, it's always dependent on the individual, their healing, again, the demands of what they are trying to get back to. And in the case of football, you're also looking at seasonal calendar. Cam Akers' case, there was an opportunity for him to come back as they were making a championship run, and it was worth it to do that. Um, but the, these are the questions that are – are laid out for everybody who goes through it as an individual. I think you have to keep in mind that there's three main processes. First, the wound has to heal. So mm -hmm. from the incision, that has to heal. No infection, good closure. That's number one. Number two, the tendon has to heal. Now, standard, we've thought of this as a three- to four-month process, where the tendon is really at the point where you feel comfortable, that the repair is solid, and you can go ahead and get as aggressive as you want, uh, without limitation. But that doesn't mean you're doing nothing while the tendon's healing. 
you're actually starting to facilitate healing by loading it up. And what do I mean by that? It's exercise. The balance really comes in the detail of how much stress do you put on it while still allowing it uh, to recover. So things like walking are pretty significant stress on the Achilles, but you can modify that by shoe inserts, for example, to lift the heel. And I think uh, Aaron Rodgers even talked about you know, some, some things he's done with his shoe. Uh, and there are other exercises you can do. He's been doing blood flow restriction training where you can get physiological benefits that are similar to what you do with aggressive weightlifting, but at very low loads. So the, the rehab and the advancement of how we understand the healing process has come a long way, and we can push things a little more than we used to. Wow. Great stuff by Stefania Bell, ESPN Injury Analyst. Hit her on Twitter at Stefania underscore ESPN, joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry talked about his mind being blown seeing Aaron Rodgers out there on Sunday. No cart, no, no walker, <laughs> no cane, no human assistance. No walking boot and out there throwing a football. When you saw that, how do you explain that? This way, Harry can put his mind back together. <laughs> I, it, it's hard. Look, I, what he's doing is impressive. This is not an everyday thing. He is changing the way we are seeing this rehab, but it's not uh, done willy-nilly. I mean, every day they're evaluating what's his range of motion. Uh, how, what, how are we comfortable loading this? I will say this to go back a little bit. Uh, the, the, the technique that he used or that his surgeon used, when they test those repairs, they test them on cadavers in the lab. They know what kind of forces it takes to make a tendon fail after a repair. And so they have a pretty good idea. There's really sophisticated ways you can measure uh, how much does activity A stress attendant, how much does activity B stress attendant. Again, like I said, you can offload the push-off with walking by putting inserts in the shoes. Walking is one of the most stressful things you can do. And if, believe it or not, probably more stressful in terms of loading the Achilles than standing and throwing, especially because it's his front foot. It's not his back foot that he would push through to throw. So things like that, even though to us, looking from the outside, you're going, how is it possible he's doing this? When you get down to the nitty-gritty of how you're loading the tissue – you actually understand how it could work. Hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so this, I, I get it. I, I don't I think Harry's it. convinced. He's not out of the woods by any means. This okay. is still a healing tendon. And we're not, you know, we're not saying that this means he's going to be back uh, on any particular date. Because I think the right thing to do is to dangle the carrot out there of, hey, maybe something's possible that hasn't been done before. But trust me, the people who are working with him are sitting there every day and looking at how does that tendon look? What are we doing? How much stress are we placing it under? And they're reminding him, you can't do too much. we got to take this one day, one week at a time before we're talking anything related to football. It's funny because Mike Greenberg, I think it was either last week or the week before, right, going to get up, he asked me, hey, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be back? And my answer was, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, (laughs) when I see him throwing a football and walking around like he's walking around, I'm asking myself, uh, and I'm going to ask you, you, is there a possibility that this can actually happen for Aaron Rodgers? Let's put it this way. It's not going to be me who says no. And I think, again, it's a day-by-day 
week-to-week evaluation. I don't think anyone with any uh, proximity to the situation and anyone with any you know, sense of understanding medicine would tell you that there is a date by which something could be possible because you don't know. You have to see how things progress. They have ways of measuring what he's doing, how much force he's able to generate, where he's at with the actual healing of the tendon. You could put all that together and make educated decisions about what is safe and what is not. And ultimately, it will come down to not only those things, but how well can he move? Can he be effective at the position? If all he can do is go out and stand in one spot, is that really the best thing for the team? And then how is the team doing at that point in time? These are always the types of questions you guys know that come into play when you're talking about bringing a player back to action. So those will all be evaluated concurrently along with how he's recovering from surgery. Isn't this a good place to be in, in the world today when we have technology <laughs> like this that just can measure any and everything? And uh, and I was, t- I was telling them earlier, Stefania, uh, I tore my ACL in 2009. I sat beside a guy on a plane, and his scar – it's like really, really long. And mine is like two and a half, three inches long. And he's like, man, technology. And I'm hearing this about Aaron Rodgers and seeing what Cam Akers did. And even ACLs now, mm-hmm. how guys come back so quickly from ACLs. Technology is, is a thing. I don't want to date myself, but I'm going to. When I was in grad school as a physical therapist, uh, as a physical therapy student at the time, they were casting people post-ACL. Right. And I came out of school, you know, it, it, was, it was novel. It was crazy talk that you wouldn't cast somebody after an ACL and that you would actually move them early. But the people who understood biology at the basic level understood that early joint motion was better for the health of the joint. So could you balance joint motion with still protecting a fresh graft? And we learned that we could. And anyone who has an ACL now knows you get that moving right away. So that's a great parallel for you to bring up because look how far we've come in terms of how we manage ACLs. And I think we're starting to see some of the same things. Casting Achilles repairs for extended periods of time causes you to get very, very stiff at the ankle joint. And it creates problems for people down the road when they're trying to get the range of motion back. Early mobility, but still controlled to protect the repair is the way things are trending now. Yeah, if you have a doctor named Neo, you feel you can accomplish anything if you're Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback <laughs> of the New York Jets. Like I mentioned, she's an SOS sister of the show, the great Stefania Bell, ESPN injury analyst, a great follow on Twitter, at Stefania underscore ESPN. She joined us here on Freddie and Harry. Always appreciate you, Stefania. Take care and be well, my friend. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, great stuff by Stefania Bell joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. By the way, you can join the show anytime you want. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A former pager said that Bill Belichick, to quote that old country song, you'll have to go if this terrible season continues. Find out who said that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app because we have to go. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. 
based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Yeah, they're not having a good time in New England in 2023. Not at all. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Boy, the vultures and bustards are circling in the air regarding Bill Belichick with the way the pages are right now. People are wondering, what is Robert Kraft going to do as owner of the New England Patriots? Well, I'm not saying he's going to take advice from Teddy Bruschi, former Patriot, ESPN NFL analyst now, catch him on Sunday countdown on Sundays from 10 to 1, a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern time. When he was on Get Up, he says, man, you can't keep Bill Belichick around just because a certain number could be in his future. I have always known Bill to only coach for meaningful wins, meaningful in terms of division championships, playoff wins, Super Bowls. It's shifted now. The meaningful wins are now all for him. All right? It's for the Shula mark. Isn't that over all of him right now, yeah. all of the, the organization? Sure. Yes. The 18, he needs to get Shula. I mean, there's, I think it's eight more until all-time loss record also. So that's what it's all about, though. That's never what I knew Bill to coach for, like the goal being. So is it all about Shula? Because if it it is, we really got to look in the mirror and say, where are we going in the future? And that's a tough decision for Mr. Kraft. Harry, he basically said, you'll have to go. Just like the old country song. No, this, this is a guy in Teddy Bruschi who understands the Patriot way and is a part of the standard that is required when it comes to this organization. And I agree with them. You just can't keep Bill Belichick around because he's chasing 18 more wins to pass Don Shula, 17 to tie. I, I just – you look at the last few years, right? Now, I start with 2020 when this team went 7-9. 2021, they were able to make the playoffs. 2022, last year, 8-9. and nine. Right now, they're currently sitting at 1-5. and five. It, It's not trending Mm-mm. towards getting better. Mm-mm. So, if the standard is the standard – and, Freddie, you know that's our phrase for this mm-hmm. show, right? Yes, the is. standard is the standard. It's mm-hmm. not compromised for anyone. Absolutely. And the standard – the Patriot way that was set by Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and also Tom Brady and Teddy Bruschi and all those guys, that's still in place. So what's the standard, right? It's not making the playoffs, but contending for Super Bowls, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's what happens too, though, when you're the greatest and you have di- a dynasty and you've shown everyone what you're capable of year after year after year after year. So, I don't feel like the New England Patriots at this juncture in their in, in in their organization that they can just keep Bill Belichick around just because he's chasing Don Shula. Would it be lovely if he's able to eclipse Don Shula? Of course it would be. But at the expense of your organization not competing mm-hmm. for Super Bowl rings, I don't know if Robert that sits well with Robert Kraft. Well, it's, it's when you mention that because Jeff Saturday, also from an NFL player, Played in the NFL for 14 years, now ESPN NFL analyst. When he was on Unsportsmanlike this Monday, he said, this uh, early today, excuse me, he said, 
Robert Kraft has to say Bill Belichick from Bill Belichick. I would probably say the Eagles. Mm. It's two coordinators gone. They're trying to figure out who they are. I think, I think they it's already the sealed to some degree. I think really, I, I do. I, th- I think I think Robert Kraft comes in and says this something's got to change. Like you either got to give over front office responsibilities. We're going to bring somebody in to bring in town because the GM Bill Belichick has really hurt the coach Bill Belichick, and I'm going to save you from yourself because. The standard has always been you don't keep people past their due date. Bill Belichick set that standard himself when it came to players. He always was of the ilk. He'd rather move on from a guy a year too early than keep a guy a year too late. That's why he wanted to move on from Tom Brady. He felt Tom Brady was at the end of his career, and he did not want him taking this organization off that cliff with him when he got there. And Tom Brady still is not off that cliff even though he's not in the NFL well, but, 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 I'm, but I'm glad you brought up Tom Brady because mm-hmm. if Tom Brady doesn't have that luxury mm-hmm. of being able to be with the New England Patriots for however why long he Bill be, Belichick? why is Bill Belichick? Yeah, so if you're going to use that as your M.O. all these years in New England, that you know when players get to that, that, that point where they're just like milk, according to Bill Belichick, once they get sour, they stay sour. I don't want a part of my football team. Well, right now it's sour milk in New England. And it's been sour milk for the last three to four years, ever since you know who decided to go somewhere else or was told to go somewhere else by Bill Belichick. If you're Robert Kraft, to use your term, Harry, the standard is the standard. That standard has been you don't keep people past their due date. And if he believes that Bill Belichick has passed his due date, then what is Robert Kraft going to do about that if this senior, if this season, excuse me, continues to trend downward when it comes to the Patriots? And I'm just wondering, like, if you're Robert Kraft right now, are you saying to yourself, hmm? Am I going to give Bill Belichick another year or am I going to cut ties after the 2023 season? That's the chess piece right now if you're Robert Graff. But at the same time, you can't hold your organization hostage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you got a guy in there stabbed in Gerard Mayo who had a chance to go somewhere else. And they said, uh uh-uh, we'll, we'll throw money at you. We'll money whip you to make sure you don't go anywhere. And many people believe that's the next guy. Whenever Bill Belichick's time in Eden is over in New England, that Gerard Mayo is going to be that next guy. If you're Robert Kraft, are you willing to wait? What if Gerard Mayo gets a chance to be a head coach somewhere else? He's yep. not going to turn that down. He'd be a fool to do that. So that pre- presents another part of that conundrum when it comes to Robert Kraft and what he's going to do if, let's say, the Page only have four wins by the end of 2023 or five wins by 2023. Ooh. Man, it's hot up there in Foxborough. You know, a lot of my friends, man, I, I go up to uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. They're, they're, yeah. they're oh, Patriots fans, so they, take, they text me all the time. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, well, y'all are in contention for a quarterback right now. Absolutely. With your they, record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Portsmouth, New Hampshire, underrated Port City. You and I got that in common. Yes, it is. Rye Beach, man. Oh, Ooh. man, who are you talking about? We'll leave my personal life alone here in Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. So what was with the Cowboys and their win over the Chargers last night? Dak's playmaking or his coach's play calling or – This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.